0: Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are talking about some feedback. We might actually get
1: through that feedback document that we've been chipping away at. The whole thing, the whole thing. We might get through the whole thing, today. right before Loki hits, and we never see the end of it again. Yes, we're we're getting to the bottom of the bucket before we fill it up again. I love seeing a finished uh, feedback. This just, it scratches my brain. When the feedback doc is like empty, and we've done, we've read everyone's feedback, it feels like really nice. Um, yeah, so let's do this.
0: All that and more right after. I want to play a guessing game, Matt. You you ready for a guessing game? A guessing game, you say? Okay. What am I'm, I thinking of that can cause weight gain, mood issues, poor mental health, lower productivity, and is linked to reduced white blood cell count?
1: Uh, cancer.
0: Close. It's actually poor sleep. Oh. Not sleeping well.
1: Really? Okay. You went real dark there. I did. I went a little dark. I'm, I, I apologize. That was dark. Maybe you need sleep. <laughs> <laughs> that just highlights the importance of sleep that my uninformed self would have jumped to something so very, very dark. <laughs> Why are we talking about sleep, Jeff? I'm not just talking about sleep. You can't package sleep, but Beam's
0: dream powder can be packaged, is packaged, If you don't know what Beam's Dream Powder is, it is their best-selling cocoa powder that will help you get to sleep and stay asleep better. It has a powerful all-natural blend of reishi, mushroom extract, magnesium, L-theanine, melatonin, and nano-CBD. All of those things that you've heard about to help knock your ass out.
1: Ooh, I like it. I like it. I didn't know where you were going when you started this, this, this here ad read, but I have had this, uh, dream powder and I can confirm. I love me some hot cocoa. Just the warmth. all those ingredients are great. Like, they're all helpful to sleep, but just the warm belly of hot cocoa, you know what I mean? Like, that's the ingredient that was my favorite. <laughs> yeah. It,
0: it does taste amazing, and for all of us basic people, you know who we are, you know, uh, they have a pumpkin spice flavor for the season.
1: You could just say for all of us
0: fall lovers, maybe? For all of us fall Yeah, lovers. whatever. Basic people. We know. We've embraced it. <laughs> and Just to help you understand a little bit better... How much this stuff can help you? A recent clinical study revealed that Dream helped 93% of users wake up feeling more refreshed and 93% reported that Dream helped them get a more restful night's sleep. And honestly, I've got some anecdotal evidence. It worked for me really well when I was running out of my uh, my anxiety meds and mm. I took it during the day and I was able to actually
1: work without a panic
0: attack in in my office. Your mileage may vary. I'm just saying it worked really good for me for that.
1: Yeah, that is not a clinical trial. That is a Jeff trial. But he, he was raving about this powder all last last uh, couple weeks, about how much it was making him feel better. I have been.
0: But today, everyone listening can get a special discount on Beam's Dream Powder, their best selling, healthy, hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar, now available in delicious flavors like sea salt caramel, cinnamon cocoa, and chocolate peanut butter. Better sleep has never tasted better. If you want to try Beam's best-selling dream powder, get up to 40% off for a limited time when you go to shopbeam.com slash mcupod and use code mcupod at checkout. That's shopbeam.com slash mcupod and use code mcupod for up to 40%
1: off. Get that Beam! Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll, and I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff Rie Randall, what is happening, buddy?
0: I am anxious. I am. I am nervous. I'm excited. I'm oh. all of these emotions about Loki coming up.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I feel that. I feel that. I am mostly just excited. I don't mostly think I'm too okay. nervous. Like I feel really good about Loki. I'm so freaking pumped that Loki is going to be on my TV screen next week.
0: That man, that 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 wedding where I talked to that hater, he's got he's all up in my head now. I'm like, everyone hates the MCU. The MCU is falling apart. It's all falling apart around me. I'm gonna Mm. be the last person on this like island that's sinking into the ocean.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No man, no. Like so many people still have so much love for the MCU. Um, I feel like. It, we, we we just had one little hiccup that we didn't like. I mean, like I've liked everything it, and I think yeah. that we're yeah. like, I'm really, um, that I think I may have mentioned this on the cast already, but I talked to, I uh, watched a YouTube video of a guy talking about like, is the MCU over? But his, uh, final summation was no, it's just like, it's just going it, to change. It's going to change. It's going to change. It's going to grow. And like, they're going to yeah. learn lessons. And like when people, you know, they already have like, I I, I you're, we're really seeing them learn lessons live, and and part of the reason it feels I feel I feel like like there's like a few problems that are repeating themselves is because they like tried to make a bunch of content on top of each other. <laughs>
0: you yeah. know, there's
1: there's less time to adapt when three of your shows are filming at the same time. You can't like respond to audience feedback and try to fil- fix things and do better like when you know you stack so many things on top of each other. So. I think I think I think things are going to get great. I really do, and I, and I think this time we've had of like the writer strikes and the actor strikes have probably given a lot of these people time to really think. You know, maybe, maybe. about the direction.
0: I don't know. I I think the a lot of the people on strike have been thinking about how to
1: uh, eat. Yeah, it's been it's well, been a long strike. No, I, I, I that's true. But honestly, like the people that we're talking about who work for Marvel, like at that level of making the decisions, the writers and directors that actually make the stuff, um, most of these people that aren't eating are the people, mostly people who've like, you know, are are getting, still getting their start. These people who are writing for Marvel are probably eating fine. They're probably like, I I always think when these, these things happen, like these big like strikes I feel like it's time for people to, like, stop feeling like they're in the rat race a little bit. Like, especially writers. I just feel like, even though a lot of times it ruins a season or two of te- television, <laughs> I feel like there's writers out there who are just, for the first time, they're like, I don't have to write anything corporate for a couple months, and I'm just going to, like, think about my own stuff. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's, I think there's writers out there that are cooking up some cool stuff in the in this time. Which, it looks like the writers' strike maybe come coming to an end. Um, yeah. They, they have a uh, tentative deal. They they
0: seem to have uh, brokered a deal with the major studios and uh, have called off picketing for now. Um, the 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 strike is technically still on until the deal gets ratified by all the appropriate people. Yeah, by the the guild and um, the striking writers uh, have been encouraged to go and join the actors who are still picketing the SAG-AFTRA mm-hmm. uh, strikers.
1: Yeah, I heard, I heard
0: that. I heard that. I think you're gonna get a lot of uh, a lot of hate mail about people that like work for Marvel and still can't pay their bills.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm not saying there aren't people on the totem pole that are like having the trouble, and we, that's one of the big things about the strike. I'm not saying there aren't people like that. That's not what I'm getting at. Um, because they, one of the big things we've heard in this particular strike is the fact that people you know from shows you've watched aren't doing that well. Like, especially people who have been like in smaller roles and stuff, uh, or someone who's, especially some of these like, uh, streaming shows that like, hit but they the the financials weren't in, really involved with how big it got like i heard a, a lot of things about some of the actors who worked for like orange is the new black were like i was in six seasons of that show and i still didn't really make money you know like or yeah. whatever i forgot me so there's definitely that happening i'm talking about like top the line writers i think that like probably some of the showrunners and stuff are not on the edge of starvation um <laughs> generally speaking like maybe, you know Like, I I think to say that, like, being out of work for three months for a writer is, like, not only, like, like, for that level of writer is probably not going to put them in the poorhouse. And in many cases, it's just, like, normal procedures, because those guys go from project to project. Like, they'll work on a project for a while and then be off for a while and then work on a project a while. So, like, you know, however many months this has been. It's been and. Forty-six days. Right. 147 days? Yeah. There's people out there hurting. There's people out there hurting. I'm not saying there's not. Right. I'm not saying there's not people out there hurting. I'm just saying there's people that are at the top of some of these industries that like have had time to collect their thoughts. True. And I think and even the ones who are having a hard time eating, like (laughs) I hope they're thinking about stories. (laughs) No. As well as, you know, getting work. I just think that like people who are creative, like when you have time that you're not working for the man or whatever, like you're not working for, yeah. like, even if they're going out and doing Uber eats every day, they're driving around their car and they're creative people and their p- stories are popping into their head. You know, they're, they're like coming up with things. They're thinking about like what their story that they want to tell is. Um, yeah. So I'm not saying that there's not people struggling, but even the ones that are struggling might be having opportunities to like get their minds on their own thing, their, their own story to tell, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's what, that's all I'm saying.
0: They've had time to think about their stories. Yeah.
1: So we've got
0: some feedback, right? We've had this big bucket of feedback that we haven't been able to reach the bottom of for a while. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that we're going to get to the end of it today. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. One of our patrons, KT Elizabeth says, you brought up Kingpin and Hawkeye and my stepson was floored that Kate Bishop was able to fight him and not get stomped in the first five seconds of the fight. He had seen, with his dad's permission, the rated-R Netflix daredevil, and so he was like, oh, they must have weakened him. Anyway, the boys did enjoy the tracksuit mafia and the comedy bits of that show. I was drinking Costco eggnog during these these <laughs> watches, so I seem to remember enjoying the show also.
1: <laughs> Costco eggnog, it's the thing that brings families together, right? Yeah. Costco eggnog just is like a nice phrase. Like, I feel like if it loses all meaning, it could be like a character from Lord of the Rings or something. <laughs> Emperor Costco Eggnog. You know, like it has like a nice ring sure. to it. <laughs> we have uh been covering Ahsoka and really been enjoying Ahsoka. And I was thinking about being on a couple weeks ago. And um On Pandavision. I, yeah, on Pandavision, where you guys have been talking about it. And uh one of the nights that I couldn't be on, uh or one of the nights that I wasn't ended, didn't end up being on the like the Tuesday night I got home and uh I had taken an edible. And uh, I was in a city where it was legal. I decided to take an edible, and I did. And uh, yeah, I watched Ahsoka, and the next day I was like, "Man, I really enjoyed Ahsoka." What happened? Like, I don't have any idea. Like, I was—I remembered being like, like completely into it, and then I was yep. like. No idea where the characters ended up, though. Like I, I remember
0: no... the feeling of being in rapture.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I feel you, KT, right there. Like the your in my edibles is your eggnog. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that Costco I'm sorry.
0: eggnog just Costco smooths eggnog. over all of
1: it. It does. Emperor Costco
0: eggnog. Yeah, you just gotta put some accents over some of the letters, and then it's a completely different thing.
1: Yeah, I really hope there's like a brand of eggnog called Emperor out there, and someone will send me like a carton that says Emperor Costco eggnog.
0: like scribble on at Costco
1: yeah I I will feel (laughs) like I manifested it into the universe
0: All right. uh, next up Kenneth Keller said what is up my dudes and dudette long time listener first time writer I just wanted to throw out how amazing the job y'all are doing keep up the fantastic work four exclamation marks whoa Can't wait to hear what y'all have to say about Loki Season 2. Hopefully we get a reasonable reason as to why Selfie's working at a fucking McDonald's. (laughs) Anyways, stay classy, fellow embarrassments.
1: Yeah, we will, we will. I wonder if that stay classy is a reference to our, uh, to Jay Scotty's sign-off over on Multiverse News. Jay Scotty got that, uh, stay classy from, you know, Anchorman or whatever. So he says, stay classy, Multiverse. You stay classy, Multiverse. Yeah, it's good stuff. (laughs) Good job, Scoots.
0: Yeah, man, I can't wait to hear what we have to say about Loki Season 2 as well. Because, you know,
1: I want to see it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just so hungry for it, man. I'm so freaking hungry for it. Like, (sighs) I've tried eating regular food. It didn't work. I'm hungry for Loki. I really appreciate it uh Kenneth's feedback and him saying we're doing a great job because like I don't know I get in my own head especially in these times where we we had a bit of a dark period damn this is a dark period um I had a <laughs> bit of a dark moment we've had a bit of a dark moment with Secret Invasion where we didn't like didn't love it as much as we love other stuff and like it like we get a lot of negative feedback we get like one star reviews we get like all this stuff like sorry we're just trying to be honest but it also like it gives me like this is so stupid but it gives me imposter syndrome because I don't like it enough and that's such a weird thing to like feel like am I not a big <laughs> yeah. enough marvel fan to be making this thing like that we, we make like every week stuff so much more than other people <laughs> yeah and so like i don't know man it makes me feel it makes me feel sad when i can't be like like i'm I, I I love being the lead cheerleader for the MCU. Like that's what we yeah. are. We're like the Ain't cheerleaders. no fair weather fans up in here. No, and then when it goes bad, it just makes me feel <laughs> aimless. It makes me feel sad. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird, man. So now that like this is a big part of what we do, making these podcasts, and it's like yeah, like every week we're doing this thing, and like two times a week we're making a show, and it, 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 like it just makes me feel sad that I can't be like on the level. Uh, <laughs> Can't be my normal excitement. Yeah. Like I want to be the most excited in the room. And I, I feel like Loki's gonna be that and I'm freaking pumped for it.
0: Yeah. It's really difficult when, you know, the the thing happened and it wasn't that great. And like it's months until the next property. Or it's you know, it's exactly yeah. A huge wait until yeah we, we get to talk about something that might be good. Yeah. <laughs> and <sighs> and like this year hasn't been as good as previous years in my opinion even uh the stuff that was in phase 4 uh i feel like was better than some of the stuff that's been coming out this year hmm. and a lot of people dislike phase 4 but like i uh, this year just hasn't felt like a a year of bangers for me mm-hmm. and it's got me. It's got me shaky on on Loki coming up. I'm like, oh, please let them let them nail it like they did season one. Let them nail. Yeah. Let them nail the the ending like they did season one.
1: Just give me something good. Obviously, the show could have problems, or whatever. But I my my confidence for Loki is like pretty unshakable. Like I am really feeling nothing but like hope for that, that Loki's gonna blow me away. And maybe that's a terrible place to be. Because that that those high expectations, you know, <laughs> like
0: season one was so good. I'm also like, I, I want to be excited about it, but I'm also worried about Jonathan Majors and uh, whether or not his uh, legal problems are going to continue or uh, potentially cause an end for his career in the MCU because he's done such a great job with Kang. Yeah. and for He Who Remains. That, oh, for like, sure. If he's gone, then we just. We shot ourselves in the foot, got, right. got excited
1: I feel like nothing. we're getting Loki. He's in it. We just got to enjoy this for what it is. And then like, we'll deal with the next step later. You know what I mean? Like if, if, if we can't, uh, if he, if he's not in it further than now, like hopefully they've set it up in a way that that's like, that works at least canonically. Um, yeah. if not thematically or whatever. Um, yeah. All right. So next up. <laughs> We got Gabby Cerillo says,
0: Hi gang, Longtime listener, first-time (laughs) writer-inner. I I love a good hyphenation. Mm -hmm. First off, just want to say that I love you all in this podcast so much. After every movie or episode of a series, I'm so excited to hear what you all have to say about it. I have to preface that this theory is not my own. I saw it on YouTube, and because it takes two of the things I am very nerdy about, I had to write in about it and get your thoughts. The two things I'm very nerdy about mentioned above are Marvel and true crime. How does true crime relate to Loki season two? Well, the answer seems to be through Zaniac. Mm. In the comics, demonic entities were sent by Dormammu and they would possess people and turn them into serial killers. So the part in the trailer where we see Loki and Mobius in the past with a big Ferris wheel, I think this is the 1893 Chicago world's fair. And if you're a fan of true crime, that's a big deal. During this time, there was a serial killer named H. H. Holmes who made a hotel dubbed afterwards as the Murder Castle. He would lure people who were traveling in for the World's Fair, and you guessed it, murdered them. He had so many people working on this hotel and never told them what they were building. He'd have chutes that led from the guest rooms to the basement, and your mind can wander from there.
1: The theory is
0: that he could be possessed by these evil entities, uh, which makes him the serial killer that he is. Also part of the theory I saw of a trailer breakdown uh, put the part that Loki pushes Brad Wolf off of some stairs in London, which could also mean that Brad Wolf was Jack the Ripper. Anyway, just thought that this was fun and unexpectedly brought two things I'm very interested in together. Love you all, 3000.
1: Man, that would be a departure. That would be really wild and a big departure for uh, this show. Like, you know because the show is gonna be all about this like big inter multiversal cosmic threat of Kang and it's like they' it, like it feels like it could be a stretch like i I'm interested. I'm really interested. and obviously the zaniac is a thing in the trailer and that's like one of the things they're gonna be facing um is this like actor who plays Zaniac and blah blah blah. but like it's yeah I, it, it seems like a big leap, but I dig it. I dig it. You know, I I don't know that it is a big
0: leap because there was the the thing in the first episode of season 1 where Loki was DB Cooper.
1: That's true. And, That's true.
0: And I think leaning back on that, which was like such a cool scene.
1: And there's like they go to uh Pompeii. Like so they they sprinkle themselves yeah. throughout um the timeline, which is something they didn't do a lot of in season 1, but they did a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Major historical events uh, in Earth's, you know, in Earth's history can be visited, and honestly, like with the timeline opening up at the from you know the events of the end of Loki, with the the multiverse happening being a thing, mm-hmm. it's not just Kang that becomes a problem in that. It's mm-hmm. not just Kang that is uh, a potential, you know. Right. Uh, Haunt or problem. Well, and
1: that's kind of the thing is like... They got to deal with everything. Sure, but the problem is the big thing with Kang opening up and now that Kang is trying to control things is that Kang, as the big bad, is going to be setting up... Maybe there's going to be some minor bads uh, that are going to be set up throughout this universe that like... But I would think if Kang's kind of changing the timeline to fit his agenda or whatever, like that'd probably be what they'd focus on. It's just weird to me that he would have some investment in the murder castle to like somehow how is that going to divert the timeline? It could. It could take someone out of the timeline that's important to the timeline, or it could they could save someone like, you know, Kang could be going back to stop the murder castle because he realizes it's some sort of like Nexus event that like if he changes it, he could re divert the timelines or whatever. Like, but it's a very strange route to go. And I love it. It's the
0: butterfly effect.
1: Right. Well I love that about this show is it makes weird choices. So if that's what they're going with, I dig it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. And (laughs) while you were talking about that, I got lost
1: in thought about well thanks, 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 Jeff. (laughs) No, 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 no. Sorry. It's it's relevant. It's relevant. (laughs) While you were talking, I was thinking about something else completely. To go along with that, how uh-huh. about that? Uh-huh. That's that's better.
0: <laughs> to go along with that, as the as the multiverse opens up, there's there's going to be more than one uh, TVA group can handle, right? So there's there's going to have to be precincts of TVA. So then there's going to be like inner office politics and
1: like ah no that
0: that timeline's not our jurisdiction. mm Interesting.
1: Yeah. Like well, and and that's that goes back to where is the TV and TVA and what is the TVA? Like, does the TVA exist outside of these timelines? Which clearly it seems to because it can see all the timelines, but also, it, are there alternate TVAs somewhere? Yeah, uh, that's a whole weird wonky question. That I I don't think so. I think that like they are part of the quantum realm that is. Viewing all of time somehow and all all of the universes, but like that's just my pet theory. I really don't know.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it seems they're all variants at the at the TVA. There's infinite variants, so technically, you know, a, a TVA that is huge, like that infinite, mm-hmm. as it were, uh, should be able to handle an infinite multiverse, right? Sure, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Their recruiting efforts haven't gone great lately, so, yeah. you know, there's been budget cuts. <laughs> so now I want the inter-office politics of the TVA series, where it's just like, like, I want the the Casey guy- To meet six other Casey's. <laughs> yeah, like, I want, I want Casey to meet a bunch of other Casey's and, like, have to deal with, or, ha- like, walk us through a day of, like, the paperwork that he has to go through and,
1: like, I kind of want, like, a Brooklyn Nine-Nine, except TVA. (laughs) I definitely could see them. The show has the tone that is so beautiful because it could go that way. Like, it could spend an episode dealing with, like, a weird, aberrant sort of, like, like tone like that. Where, yeah, it feels like Brooklyn Nine-Nine feels like... You know, an office, you know, TV office comedy or whatever. And then, like, it could jump back into being this epic, sweeping, multiversal thing. Like, I, I really love the tone of this show. I think it, it could go anywhere. Yep. Thank you, Gabby, for letting us know about that theory. I hadn't heard anything about that. I I didn't know anything about the murder castle. I don't follow true crime stuff, but that sounds insane.
0: Yeah, I don't follow true crime stuff. It's terrifying.
1: Yeah. It sounds like Sweeney Todd. Yeah. the I wonder if it was based on that. <laughs> okay. Quick break, and we will be right back to round out the rest of this feedback. Woo! Uh, Let's see. Travis Jackson said,
0: hey, Matt, Jeff, and Ashley. First of all, hey, guys. I've been listening since Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Back when I had to hide that I listened to podcasts, especially one about comic book stuff, because it wasn't such a social norm. So crazy to see how the world has changed, and I hope you guys keep growing and keep being successful. Now, I had a thought of how to tie everything in and fix how separate all these properties have felt while also allowing them to split from Majors Kang. Hmm. It also gives a threat big enough for Gaia and Captain Marvel and a bigger spectacle than Infinity War and Endgame. Maybe all the movies and shows that have felt disconnected have been in separate universes. It would make sense that in other universes, they would have similar things happen like the Thanos snap, but like a good multiverse, there are infinite possibilities after that. That could explain why nobody reacts to a celestial in the ocean and another in space kidnapping people, or that Hulk's cousin and son haven't come up anywhere. Mm -hmm. So the first Avengers movie, turns out Shang-Chi rings sent a beacon across the multiverse to the Beyonders, who come and clash with our Avengers who up losing the fight. And in between the Avengers movies is Doctor Strange 3 where we see that Doctor Strange actually left in that portal and collects all these multiversal Avengers from universes that are dying from incursions to come and fight this huge threat on our world. And then in the second Avengers movies, uh, they show the multiversal Avengers triumph against the Beyonders. Using the Ten Rings and Doctor Strange, they find a way to salvage a part of each hero's world and combine them into the new battle world. Thank you, 3,000. Travis
1: Jackson. (laughs) Thank you, Travis. Um, Yeah. Wild to think. Yeah. It's still there. He talks about how it's embarrassing to listen to podcasts. I think that stigma is over. It is still a little embarrassing to be a podcaster.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) I can't tell you how many times people are like, what do you do? I'm like, what's when I've been in job interviews, especially. They're like, what's with the mic setup? Like, what do you do? I'm like, well. I'm a podcaster on the side. Uh, yeah. I co-host the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast,
1: and they're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, exactly." Like, and we're not a huge podcast, so I'm not trying to brag at all. But also, like, you want it gives you the sense of like you want to uh, defend yourself because you you see them go like. Oh, you have a podcast, all right? And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> there are some people listen to it, like, like at least 15 <laughs> people. Like, you know, like it's like, no, there, there are, no, like it's we have we have a pretty large audience. Like, there are people out there. It's a whole community. But like, it sounds like you're trying to sell yourself that you're a podcast. It's such a like it's such yeah. a. So many people have podcasts that when people hear you have a podcast, they're just like, oh yeah, like everybody, and like that that we're not different. Like, so I don't think we're different or better. It's just like. It makes me feel, it makes me sound like such a douche when I'm like, no, I really like, we have like a whole community and like, we have multiple shows and they, they all, it just makes me sound like whiny and weird to try to like defend that I am a podcaster. (laughs) People just like go, what is that? I still, my mom still like to this day has asked me again, like, how does it make money? Like, I don't understand. (laughs) I'm like advertising, like every other like medium of thing, like it doesn't make much money, but like makes a little bit through advertising and through Patreon.
0: Yep, I've had so many people that I that I randomly talk to that are just like, "Oh yeah, no, I've got I've got a cousin who does a a podcast, or like there's some other guy in the office that does a podcast. Hey, Bill, what? How many people listen to your podcast? And they're like, Ah, like twenty.
1: Yeah, I'm like, Oh, it's crazy. It's such a Wild West, too. Like, there's a <laughs> Uh, there there are shows that i know of that like have like 20 30 listeners very small and get like actors on them because like yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a it's such a like it's such a kind of who you know and like how you can interact online if you're good at twitter and if you're good at things you can get like big name guests sometimes on a small show and then like we're just not good at that part we just know we just like to get on here and talk <laughs> yeah there's work that has to be done outside of this yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's work that work that has to be done outside this. We're not great at it. Yeah, we have a hard enough time preparing a new show every week. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah, like uh, yeah, whew. it's 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 wild, man. Anyway, I don't know. But uh, sorry, but Tra- sorry, Travis. <laughs> but to
0: Travis's point about
1: <laughs> how to tie everything together, what do you think about this
0: uh, this theory or this this idea of how the movies can come
1: together? You know, it's it's interesting. We, we've had this, like, kind of pop up before. The idea that, like, oh, yeah, they're all separate because they're all separate. Like, it all makes sense because Kamala Khan does not exist in the same world as Shang-Chi. Does not exist in the same world as Moon Knight. Does, Werewolf by Night's a different universe. Like, all that stuff. I would... I don't hate the idea of doing that. I just kind of wish they would have let us know they were doing it. Like, I don't like the idea that they let us on for two years telling us it was all the same universe. Because then it's that thing of, like hey, it's an MCU thing, you gotta watch it. I, anytime they lie to us, it feels like they're using our fandom against us. They're using our fandom to sell to us without giving us what we, be, we were promised. Does when they lie sense? to
0: us in that way.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a very specific kind of lie to us. Because I love when they lie to us in some ways. I love when <laughs> they like lie to asked us.
0: Ask for it.
1: Yeah, no, to prevent me from knowing what's going on on a show, lie to me all day. But like, don't like lie to me about what I'm getting in a show like don't tell me a show exists in a universe and then it doesn't exist in that universe unless it's like a very specific and important way which I mean what the thing Travis presents here could be really cool um, I think I would, I would have a hard time getting over the, my annoyance though <laughs> with like no you told me these are all the MCU and now they're not and they can't all be separate because uh, She-Hulk mentioned the the guy in the sea <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like there, there are those small things to look out for. Where, like, you know, the um, in the ad, in the background on the news, in She Hulk, there was the uh, the thing about the eruption from the ocean. Yeah, and then like Captain Marvel, as we know her, uh, interacted with Shang Chi, mm-hmm. who interacted with Bruce Banner as well. To, yeah, like. There's a, and then Bruce Banner, you know, directly interacted with She-Hulk. So like all of those are in the same universe somehow. Right. Um,
1: they, they're all loosely tied together. And of course you've got like anything WandaVision related ties together with uh multiverse of madness and Falcon Winter Soldier, even though it's doesn't have that many connections yet. Uh, it does tie together with a van that exists in a, (laughs) in a moon night. There's like a world that, that world security, whatever van is in, in a, you know what I'm talking about? Do you remember this no. this Easter egg? Oh, like whatever that organization is that's trying to relocate everyone in Falcon Winter Soldier. Oh, right. There's yeah. like a there's like a van in Moon Knight with that logo on it. But of course, to Travis's point, all of that could be different universes. It's just that some events can happen the same, and some events happen differently. Like right, like so there could be two universes. It could be in She Hulk's universe. The Eternals also had the the Eternal or the Celestial reach out of the ocean but it's not the same version of that event. Like it, and that's where I it kinda gets I kind of hate yeah. that though. Yeah, exactly. That's where it gets like really annoying where it's like you kind of tried you really lied to me. Like you didn't just like, like kind of straight say, up
0: um actually me and I hate it.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't love I don't love it. I like I, I, if they did it well, I could absolutely see Travis's like theory working and like that working really well, but like at this point they've gone two and a half years without giving me a clue that they're in different universes, except for a lack of connection, which isn't really a clue. And they have had enough connection to disprove that. It's like the absence of
0: evidence is not the evidence of absence kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Uh, So let's see. Next up, we got Eric Nelson says, Hello, pandas. I finally got around to listening to your Dream MCU Projects episode, and I loved it. Your Spider-Man story about Daredevil and Punisher trying to influence Peter, who is infected with the symbiote, gave me an idea for a tweak to your story, and I wonder mm. what you
1: think. I love this. I love this. Like we built that fun little story together, and now like uh, you know, Eric's gonna throw something in the in the in the mix. I love it.
0: This is nothing in your story needs to change much, but Peter would mention in a line of dialogue how he recently lost a loved one and a mentor. He also would need to start the story already covered in the symbiote. We wouldn't see the Spidey suit until later. Finally, in the third act, both Matt and Frank teach Peter the lesson, when you can do the things that we can, but you don't, and then the bad things happen, they happen because of you. That's when the audience realizes this isn't the next chapter in Spider-Man's story, but a surprise prequel, like the trilogy was a surprise origin story. Mm. Maybe that line is spoken in a hospital, and we can hear Doctor Strange getting paged over the intercom to go to surgery or something. Peter tears off the symbiote suit to re- reveal his original sweatsuit and finishes the story as you planned. The audience also learns that uh, when Peter said he's lost a loved one and a mentor, he wasn't meaning Aunt May and Tony. He meant Uncle Ben. Mm. When we first meet Peter in Civil War, he says he's been Spider-Man for six months. It's not a lot of time, but could still work. It would also help the Venom 2 post post-credit scene make more sense when Venom sees Peter on TV and says, that guy like he knows him because he would tldr spider-man 4 seems to take place after no way home but is really taking place before civil war and is the story of peter learning to use his powers to help people with the influence of daredevil and punisher thanks for all the great content you always keep me company when i go for a run love you 3000 eric
1: Ooh, i i like this idea a lot it's really cool and out of time and fun um I dig it, I could totally see it i the only the only issue is Tom Holland has aged pretty significantly since the first one, and like <laughs> I don't normally have a big problem with that, but like yeah, I just feel like taking that character back to one and also like the naivete of the young Peter Parker before Aunt Aunt May dies and before like that naive Peter Parker having already gone through the symbiote feels a little like yeah. like like he, he he's just so carefree in those first couple movies. Yeah and the, even and when he would just I would just want to be an Avenger. Like it would be weird if he'd had like the mind of the symbiote who wanted to like eat people and stuff. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. and then he's suddenly yeah. the guy who's just like trying to stop cars from hitting people in his neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like it just feels like yeah, yeah, yeah. it would be a big swing backwards and like his sort of like bubbly Simple, like naive m- mindset would would feel a little out of place if he had gone through all the stuff with the symbiote already. I feel like the symbiote is next, and I, I, I yeah. love I love Eric's idea because it could work. Like I loved it; it's, it's very creative. But I just feel like I, like where he is now, the dark, lonely place he is now, like that's the yeah. time for the symbiote. He's
0: primed for the symbiote because that's the great thing about the symbiote story is that Peter has you know has has had the loss. And is dealing with the the hurt and, and dealing with those feelings that are pushing him to, like, no, no, take out that anger that you feel. Like, mm-hmm. get it out. Then a little steam, just a little bit, blow some steam off, and just punch the shit out of that guy. And then I'll eat him, and it'll be like nothing happened. Yeah.
1: I really like, like, <laughs> we don't know about Uncle Ben in this universe. And, like, I really like the idea that Uncle Ben might still be alive.
0: Hmm. Oh yeah, cuz Aunt May said all that stuff with your uncle Ben. She
1: did not say exactly that he died. And we in that case it just means that the Uncle Ben story is now the Aunt May story for this universe. Like she she's the one who taught him the lesson. And and like that whole thing from before is just like yeah, I just really like that idea and I love the idea of like you know, maybe like a dirt bag Uncle Ben coming into his life later. You know what I mean? Like coming back.
0: Oh my back. god. Like a drunk Uncle Ben. Drunkle Ben, if you will. Drunkle Ben,
1: yeah. Where he's just like, Peter, give me another beer. I love the idea that he we could eventually get that and we've already named him Drunkle Ben. I really like that a lot. <laughs> uh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> I got- Peter, give me another beer. I've got my nieces. I got He's my, just like
0: sitting in his lazy boy watching TV. <laughs>
1: being competitive with my brother, I got my nieces to call me the Funkle. That <laughs> was the fun Uncle. That was the Funkle. <laughs>
0: oh God, Drunkle Ben is that's my legacy right there. Yeah, that
1: is that is all you need for a legacy, sir. <laughs> May it may it may it outlive you forever. Um, <laughs> may it go on beyond your years. Le- oh goodness the legend of Jeff Randall and his idea of drunkle ben. Drunkle Ben. <laughs> we've all had a drunkle Ben. <laughs> we've we've all been a drunkle Ben. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I don't I don't think that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Sorry alright oh, we'll, we'll get one all more right. one more feedback that's it one we more did feedback it. We Travis Halky how does it feel to be in last place Travis <laughs> yeah, Travis somehow you were the you were last you're the last last oh, straw the caboose pick last in the kickball game that is the MCU guess <laughs> 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 you should know you should know that is not your fault your, your feedback being last was a random thing but we, yeah we're ju- it's we're just, not you it's me but um, we're just teasing you <laughs> But, But it's fun to pretend, right? Yeah. Travis says, hey
0: friends, first time emailer, been listening since WandaVision. Thanks for helping me through early COVID and the lockdowns. I was thinking about the following with regard to Secret Invasion. Remove Don Cheadle and insert Emily Van Camp and think about it again. I think it makes so much more sense and even improves Fatwas. I don't think it makes Secret Invasion good by any means, but it makes it a little less bitter to swallow love you in the two to three hundred range Travis that's why he's last place
1: <laughs> uh, yeah exactly less love we definitely pre-read this and saw that last saw that, saw that was that, that's not a three thousand at the end that's lower than a three thousand. Oh, he's getting pushed down the list <laughs> that's gonna bump you down <laughs> <laughs> you're in the two to three hundred range now buddy no I'm just teasing <laughs> thank you thank you for writing in for the first time sorry we're giving you so much shit um <laughs> uh no i think that's not a bad idea at all i I really do wish they had used the uh power broker in this like some form of that story would have been great to bring in we talked about it a lot as a possibility and it never really tied in and but it still
0: could still could yeah we don't know who she was talking to on the phone at the end of five to us
1: yeah i just had such like and this this is not their fault This is not the show's fault. It was doing its own thing. But I really liked some of the stuff we theorized about, about, like, how it could tie into Thunderbolts and how it could be a false flag type situation and how the scrolls might be being supported by someone on the inside, which would lead to, you know, Thunderbolts and back to... Uh, Val, and Val could be a scroll, and all this stuff, and it just it didn't do any of that, which is not at the show's fault. That's not what it was planning to do, that's not what I was trying to do, but I just liked all that so much, and then to get a show that, not comparing it to that, but just comparing it to what I was experiencing in the show, and the like way that it let me down at the end it just feels like it's insult to injury. It's like, I already don't like it. And then I had these ideas in my head that were even like pushing me even more not to like it. Um, which like, I know some people listening to this and going, see, that's all you, that's why you didn't like it. You had your own ideas, but like, yeah, we didn't manage our expectations correctly. Right. I just like, but that, that had nothing to do with my expectations. It really didn't. My expectations were really high because the show started so freaking great and had such good characters and good acting. And yeah. The show made us a promise and we mm-hmm. expected them
0: to deliver on that
1: promise. And they, yeah, we did. they didn't. We showed sure did. Emily Van can't be in there. Would have definitely uh, done some of the work that we're talking about, like just tying it together. And it would
0: have made more sense for her to be gathering powers because she was brokering power. Yeah, she's right? the power broker. She was gathering, like it just it makes sense.
1: Yeah, like even if she's got the vials of goo, how cool would it have been if if the freaking harvest didn't exist and like we just knew they were seeking powers and like they were each episode or each of their sort of like, uh, events where they were doing different attacks were collecting different DNA. Like we saw them collect a certain character's DNA. DNA. (laughs) Different DNA. Um, (laughs) uh, oh man. Um, you know what I mean? Like, what if, like, we see them break into some sort of, like, secret lab where Captain America's stuff is held, or, like, his blood is held. And then, like, yeah. you know, then, then a few episodes later, they, we find out they broke into something else where they had Abomination uh, or whatever. They they break into that prison, and they get Abomination's blood or whatever. And we see them do, like, a few of those types of things, and then we realize that it's, like, they're building those powers. And then the power broker could just show up with, like, here's here's a, like... <laughs> Here's an assortment of DNAs.
0: I have this buffet. (laughs) Yeah, here's a DNA.
1: Like, yeah, like if she brought it to them instead of Nick Fury bringing it to them, knowing what they could do with it, like that just makes way more sense. Of course, it wasn't Nick Fury, it was Gaia. Yeah, Yeah, like it just, the whole thing, the whole thing, man. Um, There's so many ideas and so many cool things they could have done.
0: I like this idea that you have, though. You're kind of describing to me like a live action Marvel centric. Jackie Chan adventures where they were getting the talismans
1: oh, in their first season. I've heard that show's good, but I've never seen it.
0: Oh man, that show was amazing.
1: <laughs>
0: each talisman had a different power that it bestowed on the wielder. And so that the bad guys were getting talismans, the good guys were getting talismans and they had their own like separate groups of them. Then they were trying to steal them from each other. It was all just so much fun and could have been great fun with this series mm-hmm. with like good guys trying to hold on to uh what powers are, you know, stored away wherever with scrolls trying to infiltrate everywhere mm-hmm.
1: like
0: ah, it would have been it would have been great if Sonya and her group had been in control of uh like one of the powers or whatever and then like in order to join her group or enter the the building or whatever you have to have like a section of your finger cut off or something like that and have it like not turn into scroll finger or whatever. Like, because she just is (laughs) so devoted to that. Like that would be so brutal and Mm. awesome. And like, everybody's got their own way of dealing with scrolls and she's just super efficient because like, that's the way
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, this would be so,
0: this could have potential to be so much fun.
1: Yeah. And I, yeah. Like I love the idea of super scrolls are emerging and then the, like, good scrolls like Nick Fury's agents like have to sort of like take over one of the facilities so they get their own super scrolls and you sort of like they like like a sort of arms race of the super scrolls and stuff like it could be a lot of fun, uh you know obviously that's not what they were going for and this is I think I think this idea is a little too nerdy for the show they're trying to make because but I love this kind of storytelling I love storytelling like you're talking about the Jackie Chan adventures where like. I don't know. You just see characters get powers and gr- grow their p- abilities over time. And it's not just like, here's a character fully formed. It's like they have here's to learn. <laughs> uh, it's really funny. We got, a, we got a one star review this week uh, because, or three star review, something like that, because we talk about other shows too much. They're like, stop talking about star Trek and star Wars, uh, which I, I contend we glance off of those. We very rarely spend much time, but right now I'm going to talk about Stargate. Um, <laughs> I mean, we've been talking about Jackie Chan adventures. So, yeah, like, come on. So, come on. I just like, I like the, I like the uh, one three star review for bringing up Star Wars and Star Trek, and now we're gonna talk about Star Gate because it's just like it's it's like a finger in the eye. Sorry, man. Yeah. Uh, we're really not
0: gonna talk about Battlestar Galactica <laughs>
1: any sci-fi show but no uh what i love about that show stargate it's got 10 seasons sliders <laughs> uh, what i love about stargate is it has 10 seasons and it's like very basic in the first episodes all they have is a stargate but then over the course of like 10 years they start adapting technology from the alien worlds they visit and stuff and the earth starts to get things like ships and so like so like the earth becomes sort of a player in intergalactic like politics and war and stuff and it sort of like slowly builds to that point point it takes it a really long time. And I love Ooh. that kind of storytelling. I love like but I think it's admittedly really nerdy and I don't think it's the kind of show they were trying to make here. Yeah. <laughs> but I would love that kind of show. Yeah. <laughs> I always do. Yep. You're you're definitely one to be all about those
0: intergalactic politics.
1: Yeah, man. Faux sure. <laughs> show. Um, all right. Well, uh, it sounds like that's about all for this uh, this year podcast. How you? That's feeling? the end of our barrel. We did it. We got we got through all the feedback that had been sent f- to us prior to now. Um, our bucket runneth empty. Yeah, that's not to say we did every feedback. Sometimes, like when we've done like multiple episodes about a certain show. We delete all the feedback for a certain shows or whatever. Cause it just like eventually sometimes we have like, Oh, well, we've done three episodes about secret invasion and there's 15 more pages of secret invasion feedback. We can't get to everything and it's all negative. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And a lot of times we'll skim it. And if it's all kind of repeating the same sort of stuff, we will try to stick to stuff. People who are saying new things, um, that we haven't talked about yet. So, uh, but we but as of now our, our feedback doc is empty. Uh can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about uh, Loki. We're going to be diving into Loki on the next uh, uh next recorded episode is going to be Loki, which is exciting. We got Thor dropping on Friday. Um our Thor rewatch, which came at a perfect time cuz we're about to do like the introduction of Loki right before Loki season 2. Really fun. Yep. And then uh yeah, then we're going to be doing Loki season 1. We need people to send
0: in their desires. Their Oh yeah. That's a good call. That's
1: a good call. We're going to be doing a Loki desires episode um, (laughs) for uh, on next next Monday. So if you guys have any uh, have any Loki desires, send them in. Send those in, and we'll we'll do a quick read of this. We're going to be doing our desires to start the show, and then we'll we'll read some of your desires. (laughs) So what do you want to happen in the show? Uh,
0: How are you going to get let down? Wait, that's the wrong attitude to have about this, isn't it? (laughs) Definitely, definitely. Okay,
1: you really got to get out of that mindset, buddy. Man, I'm (laughs) ah, break uh, free.
0: Got to break free. (laughs) (laughs) I want to break free.
1: Peace. Until next time, true believers. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. And a special thanks to all of our subscribers at patreon.com slash mcucast. You make this show possible. And a huge shout out to both. That's right, there's two of them now. Illuminati tier patrons, Walter Kreisky III and Lieutenant Bongo. Thank you, guys. If you want to find all of our fine Stranded Panda podcasts, go to strandedpanda.com. And for a video version, check out youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you want to take part in our live streams, go to twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv.